Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 147 of the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K. Much to discuss the fast-approaching NFL draft next week. In fact, i got to jump on an airplane in just a couple of days here. Head over there. It's, I'm going to be in uh, in uh, Manhattan for the week. I'm looking forward to it to participate in the NFL Network mock draft. That will uh, – Mayock's draft. When does that air? That airs midnight on Tuesday or Wednesday next week. I'll, I'll get you that. I should really be up to speed on that. We are going to be talking to our old pal – at Move the Sticks, a.k.a. Daniel Jeremiah, in just a second here to get his insights on where I should go because I will be responsible for drafting a little bit. And we'll also, you've seen him all over the network over the last uh, couple months here. So we'll get his thoughts as uh, the draft draws ever closer. First, though, let's say hello to the man seated to my immediate right from NFL.com. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. And sure. like you, I will also be in New York next week. I will be there for Fan Pass, which is NFL.com slash Fan Pass. Check out all the behind-the-scenes stuff we'll do. Give the fans an inside look of what's going on at the NFL Draft throughout Ex- the whole week. Excellent, excellent. And, uh, of course, all our best to the people in Boston and, uh, and a special nod to uh, to the first responders and uh, and uh, everything that's going on over there. Hopefully this podcast will give you a nice little distraction for a little while uh, away from uh, from all the terrible stuff going on over there. Let's say hello to the man seated uh, directly across from me from across the pond, as they say, the Dolphins' biggest fan. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome, he's handsome, he's handsome. Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. I also will be traveling to New York, so oh. it'll be the trio of us. They won't put me in front of the camera, but I will be, I'll be there anyway. 
Their loss, I say, handsome Hank. Why would the Why would the NFL Network not see fit to share your handsome puss with uh, with uh, the world at large? Um, I think my accent makes me incredible or uncredible. I don't know how. Oh. whether that's the right word. Is that an English accent that I heard? Terrence Newman likes Terrence it. As yeah, you can hear that. All right, listen. Time is short. This guy, like I say, is all over the place right now. He's flapping his gums here, there, everywhere about the NFL draft, and why not? Because he's worked for a bunch of NFL teams. Now he's here at the network. We love having him here on this podcast in Studio 66 at Move the Sticks. Daniel Jeremiah, what a pleasure to see you again. Dave, it's nice to know you hadn't officially lost my phone number. I was oh, please. How dare you, Mr. During the regular season, I mean, it's the phone is ringing off the hook. We want you on. Now the draft's coming up. It's kind of what I do. I mean, I can't even get an email, a text, a phone message, nothing. A damage check podcast. How dare you? Just Hold kick on. me to the curb, man. How dare you? Get in touch with my get in touch with uh, my girl. I, let, let's see what we can work out. I know I have to, <laughs> I have to sit down with Rich Eisen <laughs> tomorrow, yeah. and I'm on that, total access every day. That never... And, Oh, Path that, to the draft every day. I, I was ready to stay true to my roots, and this yes, is, this is where my roots are changed. planted. This is guy, isn't the guy who's changed. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. I got some support on this side of the table. The today. heck, the heck, you? Why the, the conversation <laughs> should have been when they said, "Hey, can we have you on the Rich Eisen podcast?" You should have been like, "Nope." I am. A, I'm a friend of the I'm Dave a one podcast Club. guy. I would. Yeah. I don't want to say that you have to choose one or the other. I enjoy both podcasts, but. You know, you were you were on this. You're, squad. you're into monogamous podcasts. <laughs> you know, and it, it's like the thing uh, when I was growing up. The uh, everybody was L.A. Kings fans where we lived, and then the Ducks started. And I was just outside of Orange County, so a lot of people had to make that choice. You're going to either be a Ducks fan or a Kings fan. You can't do both, and that's. It's just sports bigamy has same never thing, worked for same me. Same thing as Knicks fans. Some people in Brooklyn have now switched their allegiance to mm-hmm. the Nets. Some have stayed true. It's an interesting subject. But all right, let's talk draft because, like I say, time is short here. How dare you. And I want to get into it and make sure you watch uh, Path to the Draft with Jeremiah and company. You can see that at 6 p.m. Eastern all the way, not even through the draft, but for the week after the draft that will be on there. Who will everybody be talking about <laughs> as soon as this draft's over? Let's jump to the end of that. Next year, it's all it's all about the kid out of Carolina, Jadavian Clowney, right? Well, yeah, he's a pretty rare rare kid. I mean, next year is, there, there seems to be a lot more star power, you know, potentially at the top like of who? That draft. Name a couple for me. Well, we are you know an NFL operation, so I wouldn't want to name oh. any of See, that stinks. See, I've been here long enough. I've learned the Don't rules. Don't be such a suit. I, I know, I know where I can and can't go there, Dave. But no, there, there there's going to be more star power at the key what, positions. What teams at the would key we positions. be looking at? Well, maybe some positions. I can give you some quarterbacks. Okay. Maybe. A, a quarterback of a particular team that might have had a pretty good basketball season, men's and women's. Mm. Um, then we can also, you know, we yeah. got the defensive lineman out there that had a pretty big play in a bowl game that maybe some have heard of, mm-hmm. and we've got some wide receivers out there that are pretty big time. So next year, next year we'll see, we'll see who all comes out and how that all works out. But there's a lot of talent. All right, year. I want to talk about a bunch of different things specifically because I will be drafting among some other teams. I'll be drafting for the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 17 on Mayox mock draft, and so I need to get your expert insight. And in fact. You know, this podcast is for the people, by the people. I really encourage you, nay, demand that you drop me a line on Twitter. Hit me up there with your thoughts, at Damashek on who the Steelers need to take at number 17. Jeremiah, though, you have so many interesting tweets as this draft gets closer about sort of the mechanics of what's going on in the war room. And uh, talk about, 
I thought it was interesting what you tweeted a couple of days ago about the debate that goes on between personnel guys mm-hmm. and the coaches and what goes on there and, and what kind of players they respectively like. Yeah, you're talking about short-term versus long-term. And, and, and you look at things from a coaching standpoint, it's a win-now business. You have to win next year. So coaches tend to be more positive on the players that are ready-made, big school programs, Guys that are kind of what they're going to be right now. They're going to get the most out of them. They can learn. You can plug them in and you can play them. They might be C-plus or B players. And that's all they're ever going to be, but they know exactly what they are. They can help them win a game next year. Whereas on the personnel side, you tend to look at things from a bigger picture and say, okay, this kid right now is a C player, but he's, you know, he's at a small school. We get him in our weight program. We just get him up to speed. This guy could eventually be an A player, but it might take two seasons. Well, the coach doesn't want to wait to watch this kid play for somebody else when he's out of town. So that's kind of the struggle that goes that goes on. There. And how it's much a- of that is now informed by how much is that sort of – obviously you're not uh, an old guy, but from what you can gather, how much is that uh, that has is a new thing? Like over the last 20 years, I guess how it lines up with free agency, the guys now – uh, a, a savvy coach, at least, isn't going to say, yeah, let's build the team for six years from now. Yeah, no. It, well, it's it's interesting because you have different organizations that are driven differently. I mean, you have you have the coach-driven organizations like, like Belichick in New England, and you have Ozzy in, in Baltimore, where it's de- definitely a personnel-driven uh, front office in terms of the decisions they're making on players. So there's teams that have been successful. Those are two right there that have been successful doing it their own way. The one thing is when you have a, a coach like Belichick uh, or even some of these other longer tenured coaches that have a lot of power, they can they can be a little more loose in that. They can they can see a little bit of the bigger picture because they know, hey, mm-hmm. you know, first of all, I got all pro quarterback, I'm fine. Second of all, if I if I have one bad season, I'm not out of here. We can wait a little bit on some of these guys. But if you're a younger head coach or you're in year three or four, that kind of prove it year. You don't want to draft a guy for two years from now. What is something uh, the Chargers, Mike McCoy, yeah. the new head coach down there? What are they? Are, are they looking long term? Does he have a little bit? Obviously, he's got to have a little bit of leeway, right? Yeah, no, I think so. You're you're looking at a situation where this team needs an overhaul, and they've they've changed out the general manager. They've changed out the head coach. They're in year one of the process, so I think in year one of that, you may be a little loose. You know, you don't have to have this guy that's going to come in and, and light the world on fire. The other thing is, usually, if you're picking in the top twelve as, as they are. Uh, you can find a lot of players are going to come in and play right away. Even if they are that C player uh, immediately, that C player is going to start year one and hopefully develops into that A player by you know third year. You mentioned Belichick and company there, and I would be interested, maybe when we're done with this, uh, when, when, when we're past this particular draft, I'd love to get your thoughts on Belichick, the draft guy. Since Pioli left, there's been, you know, it feels like there's a, been a drop-off in talent, and uh, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. But specifically, Ryan Mallett, here's what I've been saying. Why are teams not falling all over themselves to try and get that guy, to pry him away from the Patriots? Belichick loves draft picks. You mean to tell me if you said, if you're the Browns, as a for instance, hey, we'll give you Brandon Whedon. We now have a backup in place in in uh, in um, Jason Taylor. So um, we could, we'll throw. Uh, wait, what am I? What did I just say there? Uh, not Jason, Jason Campbell. Jason, Campbell. Campbell. Jason, Jason Taylor. Taylor would be an interesting option, <laughs> though. <laughs> He'd be good. He'd be able to see over the line. Yes. See? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the, but why wouldn't you say, "Hey, we'll give you Brandon Whedon and a second round pick for Ryan Mallow"? What, who? Why would they say no to that? Well, I mean, I don't think the Patriots. Would say no to that. If Why would the think, Browns I, I, I do think that? If they then. got a second round pick, they would do it. On the, from the Browns standpoint, it's just what do they feel about Brandon Weed and what do they feel about Ryan Mallett? Now, all the reports that we hear that the, the new regime's not enamored with Brandon Weed. Right. So some of these things, I mean, shoot, maybe that happens on draft day. We get to draft day, they want to do that. Only problem is Browns don't have a second round pick. Ah. 
Josh Gordon. All right, so then we'll right. So we'll, so all right, so we'll go. So let's make the deal. Then we'll go Brandon Whedon. Next why don't we, too? Why don't we hear more drafts in the NFL? Why do I mean more trades in yeah. the NFL? We, we should. I hear. think we're going to see some trades this year. They, yeah, in the first round with on draft day, I, I like this. This is a nice new wrinkle. Yeah, I think that we're going to see some, and I think there's going to be some players traded. We have so many teams switch schemes with the new new personnel coming in, new coaches coming in. Team like the Eagles going from a four three to a three four. So if for some reason Deion Jordan were to be there when they picked, makes a lot of sense for them to take him. Chip Kelly coached him in college, mm-hmm. plug him in opposite Connor Barwin. That means Trent Cole's on the block. He's mm-hmm. gone. So uh, then you all you know look at a guy like Jeremy Macklin there. His contract is coming up next year. That's another player that could possibly be on the block. There's all these teams that have new coaches in place. I'm sure San Diego. You can go through their roster and find a couple guys as well. Uh, that they'd gladly ship. And, and a lot of teams are reluctant to make those moves now because they've got their eyes set on a player in the draft. However, when that player is gone before you pick and now you know it changes your thinking a little bit, we could see some veteran movement along with some of these, these uh, pick trades. I'm seeing a ton of, and in fact, uh, you tweeted it about a week ago and uh, when you unveiled your most recent mock draft. Again, you can find that at NFL.com. Um, you have Tavon Austin now going to the Bills, which is a pick that I love. They'd have a, a, a several playmakers then on that o- offense. What about the detractors of Tavon Austin? He's he's a stout enough guy. He's more, he's more Darren Sprolesy in physique. He he can sustain playing. Uh, you know a. a, a, a big number a big percentage of snaps well i mean he's 174 pounds so obviously that's pretty light but he's short he's he's well put together he's not like deshaun deshaun was mm-hmm. 169 173 pounds like always in that rank and he's just real thin so he's thicker than him he's not as big as percy harvin um to me you don't need to have him touch the ball 12 to 15 times for him to to do damage he's somebody you can have four four touches give him four let him have four catches he's got you know 90 yards a touchdown and he's taking a punt back 40 yards and giving you good field position guy helped you win a football game with only touching right. the football five times and isn't this the natural thing that happens around the draft with that with every player that gets hyped up there's a, then the, then there's a period at some point before the draft where suddenly he's overrated you hear all that it stuff cycles and, and then and then yeah. come draft day he'll go where he's going to go anyway what is the toughest position? I, I have an answer in my yeah. head. What is the, t- to me, the, the hardest thing to evaluate? And in fact, I even talked to players about this who are standing on the sidelines. The notion that, that even they, let alone we fans, can evaluate the quality of offensive line play mm-hmm. I, on an individual basis, not yeah. the, what yeah. the five guys are doing, but what the one guy is doing. Is that the hardest thing to sort of assess? I don't think so. When, you, when you're evaluating them on college tape, I, I, I always self-evaluate. All the scouts do. You go back and look over your grades in history and kind of see the guys you've hit and the guys you've missed. Hmm. Early on in my, in my scouting career, I, I missed on a lot of offensive linemen because, you know, first of all, I started off with Baltimore. We had Jonathan Ogden. So you get this image in your mind of they're supposed to look like that and move. This is a once-in-a-lifetime player. I mean, these guys don't exist. So what happened, I would be a low grader on players, and, and then I started realizing you start getting to know the league and study the league. If you're smart, if you're tough, and you can anchor, right? You don't have to be the great athlete to play offensive line in the NFL. If you're those three things, there's a lot of teams winning a lot of football games with those types of players. So eventually you kind of you know, move those guys up. The, the problem with the offensive linemen that I overgraded was I said, oh, this guy's so athletic. But he either wasn't smart, he wasn't tough, or he wasn't strong enough to anchor. So, to me, you kind of learn that stuff as you go along. But my hardest position to evaluate, without question, I think a lot of people that do this agree with me, is safety. Because you can hmm. watch five games on a college safety, and you can see nothing. 
You have nothing to go off of. They're running bubble screen right, bubble screen left. You don't ever see the guy have to range off the hash and make a play on the sideline. You don't get to see him play NFL football in the college game right now. It's it's, it's hard to, to, to so project that. So by that, to me, I, it's the so-called uh, unsexy thing to do is to take a, a guard, especially, or a yeah. center in the first round. It does feel to me like, listen, if a guy's 300 pounds and is kind of strong – that's more a dime a dozen. I will yep. wait on that for the yep. second round. Let's get a burner. Let's get a game breaker because that sort of speed and athleticism isn't accessible later in the yeah, round. Doesn't that make thing, sense? The, the hardest thing is is offensive tackles are always at a premium. If you've got offensive tackles, they always go high just because it's hard to find guys that are six foot six, three hundred fifteen pounds that can move a little bit, you know. But interior offensive linemen. I mean, we took Ben Grubbs in the first round one year in Baltimore. We turned around and took Marshall Yonda in the third round. Marshall Yonda is an all-pro. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been a, I mean, Ben Grubbs is a good player. Marshall Yonda is a better player. You can find guards third, fourth, fifth round every single year. Guys you can win with, you'll be fine. Tackles are a little bit harder to find those guys. All right, how well, is it then that ahead. Brandon Albert is not getting more attention if they're so hard to find? Yeah, well, I mean, well, the one thing about Brandon Albert is this year a lot of the teams that need tackles are picking in that top 10, you know, top 10, top 12. Well, we've well, like got, a, we've like, got three this year in this draft. So a lot of teams are kind of saying, well, maybe we can, we're going to get Jokel, Fisher, or Lane Johnson. We're not going to give up a pick to go get Brandon Albert. We're in line to get one of these guys that's even younger and we feel really good about. But after those three guys, then you might see some movement maybe on Brandon Albert. So if somebody jumped ahead of the Cardinals, for instance, yeah. and then maybe they go, I, I still say if they got Lane Johnson as you have in your mock draft, yeah. If you have Lane Johnson, it doesn't mean that you can't go get Brandon Albert. And then you have two tackles. Yeah, you got to figure out what to do with Levi Brown at that point in time. Yeah. I know you'd be devastated. you got a big Levi Brown jersey hanging <laughs> in your yeah. home office. Literally, yeah. yes. Uh, by, the right. way, by the way, good move. Uh, Levi Brown over Adrian Peterson in that draft. That's <laughs> not it. <laughs> uh, we got we to gotta let uh, Jeremiah go. Oh, the network's call in form. They need him on oh. stage two, ASAM. Hey, 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 that's not Work? me. It's stage one, pal. Okay? Oh, you're right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The dot com guys get re- relegated over to stage two. Forgive me, sir. We're now, glad you quickly, to come over. 17, the Steelers are picking. You yep. and I have talked in the hallways on more than one occasion as though I'm going to change your mind by telling you that they really need to take Cordero Patterson yep. of Tennessee. I just feel the need. I, you know, they kept Emmanuel Sanders great, but they still don't have a legitimate number one wide receiver. You're of the mind that if Jarvis Jones is there, that's the pick? Yeah, I think so. But first of all, when I heard you say I feel the need and you like Cordero Patterson, how do we not have that clip ready to go? Tom Cruise. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Black tie, produce. The need for speed. we got to get that. Cordero speed. Wow. What's right. that called? Post? Is that called post? Yes, wait, wait, we need wait, that in post. Wait, hold yeah. on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's all. Has, don't answer. Do not answer. Has Black Tie seen Does he Top know? No. Oh, oh, I was just going to say let him say, name wow. the movie. Oh, dang wow. it. I would say he has not seen Top Gun. Do you I think say, he's, has he seen it? Black Tie has seen almost nothing. 33% chance. All right, Black Tie. No have you seen Top Gun? Um, I would have to say no. Oh, <laughs> that soundbite! You can wait all no. day for that soundbite. We it's need not a coming. ding because that's a, that, that means a correct guess. We're all correct. This is the game show that it's almost impossible to lose. Just say he hasn't seen it, and you're going to win ninety nine percent of the time. I will tell you what, I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan. That's, oh that's, well, that explains it. Uh, that explains it. I, I, I don't buy his roles. At least, at least he knew it was Tom Cruise. I don't buy his roles. So he's going to be devastated. <laughs> All right, Jeremiah's got to go. Tell me about you. Think Jarvis Jones is the yeah. is the better pick here? 
Well, I have Jarvis Jones uh, slightly ahead of Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson could be huge. I mean, he could be a great player, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of bust potential with him as well. I, I acknowledge the abilities there, Dave. Um, it, to me, it's just it's a it's a risky proposition. Now, you say Jarvis Jones didn't work out well, doesn't have mm-hmm. the right size, but you've seen him you know be productive in that conference. He's really good with his hands. He reminds me a little bit of Harrison. That's one of the main reasons why I had him going there, just because Harrison doesn't have ideal size. He's Harrison's not going to wow you with his speed off the edge. He just got those powerful, strong hands, and he's a very good technician. That's I just what feel Jarvis like Jones is. I, I just feel like the Steelers are already in a bit of trouble in that division. Going again, you know, Cincinnati seems to be the class of it. Baltimore's added some nice pieces, although there are definitely still some holes there. And the Browns even don't look terrible. Um, I feel like that it's unlikely, given their track record, that they that uh, in Dick LeBeau's system, mm-hmm. you don't generally see a rookie come in and immediately be playing a, a key position in his defense. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see what they do. If again, they do take Patterson, though, can we have that clip ready? I do like podcast. it. I do like that, and it is interesting, though, because this is exactly where we started here yep. with the Steelers. Mike Tomlin probably doesn't feel like his job uh, is is in jeopardy here, no matter what the Steelers do this year. So maybe they could go with Jarvis Jones, where a lot of other people would reach on a playmaker to try and s- salvage his That's own. That's the great so. thing about this draft, though. There's other years, and I mean, I've been doing the media thing very long. But there's other years you sit in a draft room and you know, I mean, you can call off every pick. They're taking him. They're taking right. him mm-hmm. this year. No clue. Right. Get out of here, Jeremiah. Go right, in your boys. fancy suit. Rank, I appreciate the invitation. Wasn't it? I not- can't get one from this guy. Oh, what no. are you talking about? <laughs> I speak through I speak through black tie. I do. I, I go I, to him directly. I keep it professional. It's all right. When you get your own podcast, Rank, let me know. We're, <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Scram, you. We'll end podcast bigamy right there. There he goes. <laughs> Jeremiah in his fancy suit. We'll look forward to seeing him in Manhattan. Do you like him, handsome Hank? I I think he's terrific. Really, I, I could spend all day listening. Even to though him. maybe he's a little more handsome than you. He's clone. He's my. He's American your American clone. twin. Really, it would be it would be the kind of thing. If it wasn't the fact that we worked in the same building, someone would say at some point. If I knew nothing about the NFL, someone would say, "Hey, I saw a guy who looked just like you when I was watching TV in the U.S." And I'd never think anything of it again. And now we we sit next to each other. If this was a soap opera, it would, we yes. would find out that they were actually twins, twins. separated yeah. at birth. Or, or you would never see both of us at the same time, <laughs> and we'd be, we'd be, who knows what kind of hijinks <laughs> we could get up to. Hey, uh, tr- switch it off of the draft for a minute here, and we'll have time to get back to that. And by the way, the Around the League boys, Hanzoos and Cecil, will be joining us momentarily uh, on a completely different uh, sports subject. On Sunday, mm-hmm. every year I watch the Masters. Right. Uh, you know, of course, or on Sundays at least I check in. I used to more obsessively watch it, like my old man still does. He watches Thursday, Friday, for six hours, eight it. hours. There is something pleasant about looking at that lovely green course and everything. But that, uh, Sunday's but an all-day thing for it's sure. It's too much already with the golf, with, with the, the amount of coverage that it gets. And I also resent that, uh, that Jim Nance and the Scottish guy refer to every single stroke as courageous or brave. <laughs> courageous stroke that. You know, like, all right, settle down. You know, <laughs> on Monday we saw bravery and courage. I think right. with golfers hitting a ball out of the sand trap, because even though there's water on the other side of the green, and getting it on there, it doesn't. I don't know that that counts as brave. Do you feel that they're self-aware enough that on Monday when they're watching the events of the day unfold that they're like, probably shouldn't have been using maybe, those words. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should rein it in. Yeah, I don't want to get up on Mount Pius, but it is a little bit much. But here's the other thing, and I talked about this on uh, on my appearance on Adam Carolla's podcast. I encourage you to dig that one up, adamcarolla.com. 
I brought this up. When I watch the Masters, and I, you know, I am the uniform monitor, and, and, and this is where it comes from. Long before I achieved that official title, I've always been interested in uniforms and, and, and so on. But it drives me crazy that the golfers on Sunday who are in contention show up in outfits that are not going to go with a Kelly Green jacket. Now, it's hard to match a Kelly Green jacket. You know, what do you have in your closet that really goes with that? I don't know. But think about it before you go out onto the course at Augusta on Sunday, right? So a nice yellow polo or something. Yes. Well, I'll tell you who did it the best. Jack Nicklaus, the Golden Bear. He always would wear, if you remember in 86, and he wore it more than once, the Golden Bear, when he famously won that at 46 years of age, he had on a pale yellow golf shirt, and he had on plaid pants. They went beautifully with the Kelly Green jacket. Tiger Woods, on the other hand, wears that red shirt. That doesn't go... The worst of all time, Bernhard Longer, when he won it, he had on bright red shirt and pants. It was hideous. It was as though he wanted to give the middle finger to to the Masters. You a know? little bit. It's not good. It, it doesn't look right. Who's with me on this? I, I Theoretically, yes, I agree. I think it's something that people should spend some time thinking about, but I refuse to spend any time thinking about golf. So, I'm, Oh, is that right? I, I don't, don't a conundrum. Continues, Always. handsome Hank. Yes. You're an Englishman. Aren't you supposed to care about golf? Really? I don't, is golf particular to England? Maybe I mean, is that more Irish then? No, 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 no. I, I think it probably. Is. I mean, I think it probably is. But I, I don't. I, oh, what is, what, so in England, obviously, all the, like like all these things, it's on very late at night. So a friend, some good friends of mine, are big into golf, and I used to go over and watch them every time. You know, be a few drinks as well, and every time I'd be like. Midnight come, I'd be fast asleep just when it's getting exciting, <laughs> apparently. Oh, yeah. Also, you have to it's watch. getting exciting now. Like, how can you sleep? Golf what? in prime right, time. Happened? That's weird. That was also one of the weird things, too, is that the, the announcers were going on and on about how the entire nation of Australia was just rooting on. They're Adam. still, yes. The, they're they're I, still partying. I imagine they're st- it's now 4.30 local time. They probably, uh, a.m., they're probably still seller. How do you know how excited <laughs> I, the people down under are about a golf tournament every, that has nothing to do with their nation? Every one of my friends who lives in Australia, I went to, I reached them through Facebook, like, I heard you guys are partying still. They're like, what are you talking <laughs> Silence. about? Silence. They're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I had those kind of dumb remarks. Um, so we got the ATL guys quickly before we get to them coming in do here. We have some, do we have a little bit of free time to talk about uh, fan free agency, or do you want to save that for the end? I do want to talk about for fan free agency very quickly. Let me just share this yarn. Okay. We went out for um, for little Oprah. You know, the, she, she was turning six years of age. Is she six already? Well, she's, it's still a couple weeks away, but my parents came for a visit this weekend. And so we celebrated it for their sake a little bit early, and then so her and then and then uh, um, you know Jean Claude Van Damashek. We all we went out to a play, a family restaurant. I think it's a chain even Wood Ranch. Is that a Southern California chain rib joint kind of thing? Man, I don't, I've never heard of it. Really? Oh, I thought it was big. I, I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. I thought it was in Orange County kind of a thing. Anyway, so she loves it. A, a little Oprah. She loves the the the. Um, not that she loves the grilled hot dogs and all the stuff that little kids enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so we're there uh, in in a booth. And in the booth directly behind us is a quartet of old people. Three women, one man, I would guess average age, 62. Not decrepit or anything. I don't want you to think that these people were mm-hmm. on their scooters or anything. I mean, but, you know, they're 60-ish, let's say. Older people. Right. So we're in there. It's the middle of the day on a Saturday. 
at the farmer's market, you know, where it's with the foot traffic, it's all different kinds of people, tourists, hipsters, everything. We're at the at this joint. And they weren't being particularly outrageous, these children, but little children, handsome Hank. We met his lovely two uh, little kids the other day. You know, they, they're they children. They're little kids. They they're, make noise they get sometimes. They excited about yes. stuff that... So, so they make a little bit of noise, and I feel, out of the corner of my eye, I feel the one woman wheel around as if disgusted by the noise. And But they're not being loud. I, I, I can tell you honestly, she wheels around. And now I'm angry, and I start listening to their conversation. And for the next 10 minutes, it's all about, you know, why do people bring their kids into restaurants? And, you know, I hear kids have rights, but you know what? I have rights, too. And they're loudly having this conversation, clearly within earshot of me. And so now I'm hoping that uh, there's more noise so I can respond now. So, sure enough, uh, one of the kids makes a noise. And I feel the same woman wheel around to me. And I do the same melodramatic wheel back at her, kind of lock <laughs> eyes with her. And then the other woman sit on the other side of the booth looks at me and says, really, must we? And I say in the same disgusting tone, I say, must we what, dear? And she says, must we listen to your screaming children? And I said, oh, I'm so sorry that we would have interrupted. This is the middle of the day on Saturday in a family joint. I said, well, I'm sorry for interrupting your fine dining experience in the middle of the day here at the farmer's market. How dare we? You know, the children should apologize and everything. And this woman is now uh, now she's realized, oh, we you know, we think we can just boss people around like this. But now we have someone responding to us. (laughs) And so I say to her. Um, listen, you only have so many more meals left on the planet uh, uh, on the planet Earth. Why don't you just enjoy this one? And I turned back around and I gave it to her, and everybody enjoyed it at my table. They That's loved great. it. And then she, and then, and then this was the one that I. A couple minutes later, the guy laughed sort of loudly. And and I said, uh, how can we enjoy our meal with that Must loud laughing? That my mother loved Mo Damashek is mild mannered. She generally is not one for conflict. But she enjoyed the first one. The second one, while I'm doing it, she's like, David, that's enough. That that that's enough. That's enough. I'm like, what are you? What, you're not on my side on this one, Mo. It was hurtful. But now you already had landed the knockout. I gave blow. him one. I gave him what for? Maybe I threw in one that was, uh, you know, what a little bit of extreme prejudice thrown their way. That turns you into the bad guy. I don't care. You and want, then you were. It came back around though because because proving that he didn't really understand the sarcasm of it. Uh, little Jean Claude Van Damashek, as we're leaving, goes bye bye, <laughs> <laughs> as if you told him to do it. Yeah, I was like, now nah, let's just go. Those are mean people. <laughs> so that's it. So anyway, yes, come in around the league, guys, while they're getting uh, situated here. Rank your ongoing yep. effort to listen. You're the personification of many people. Yep. It's hard for me to believe that people care about football and not care about a team in particular. It's always fascinating to me and confusing when people say, well, you're a Steelers fan, Dave. You're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Uh, you know, How can we listen to you? How are you credible? Well, guess what? Everybody just about who you know has a team. Everybody who works at the NFL Network, either they played for a team or they cared about a team, that is how they got into football. Wouldn't it be weird if I didn't care about a, a football team? Yeah, I just kind of... Watch it. It's just I. I don't know. I don't have any allegiance to it. What says? By the way, NFL. dot com. I I did a list of the five best and worst draft picks in Steelers history. Rank. You did it for the Rams and I did it for, for the, the, the Chargers. Right. 
right, the Chargers. St. Louis Flyers. Excuse me. But there are people like you and black tie behind the glass who don't right now. You lost yours when the Rams right. left. You had a team growing I had a up. Team. Um, but now you're looking for a new one, and it's interesting that this campaign is now gaining steam. It is. It Update is, everybody quickly. It is would. starting to gain a little bit of traction. It started off, Neil Dutton put together a nice little blog about One handicapping. of our favorite listeners, right? Absolutely. Putting together a nice little uh, a blog of like some of the best teams to possibly root for. Some guys have been a little bit better, more proactive. Uh, Alex Sinclair who wants me to become a Browns fan, Mark Sessler, who just sat down. He started his own Tumblr page called pickthebrowns.tumblr.com. If you want to go through it, he's given me some ideas. He's uh, shown some pictures. And lo and behold, this is not credit to me. This is credit to Alex Sinclair. Dieter Brock drop on the Tumblr page wow. by, by showing a photo of him. Congratulations to him. That's an it. That's you got to give it to him, Black Tie. That's there huge. it is. Alex Sinclair with the first uh, Dieter Brock mm. drop sent. To be read by another, I love that. That's, that's an interesting new wrinkle. That's great. And so I might you, start doing that. I might start sending uh, black tie emails to be read at a certain time by me, <laughs> so that I get credit for it. And so, real quick, if you want to get involved and help me pick a team, use the hashtag Fan Free Agency. Also, when, whenever you send a tweet about this too, so people know, so people in the building know that we're serious. Make sure to include the at NFL. Twitter handle as well, please, so they can see that people are interested in this. We're trying to make a big deal of it. And so far, I'll give you my top five, though. This is like a college recruiting thing. The top five teams right now, these are in no particular order. Cleveland Browns, Alex Sinclair, of course, doing a great job. Good, good loser team. The Carolina Panthers. Good loser team. Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Buffalo Bills. Great. Seattle Seahawks. No. Those are the top five. Seahawks no. are not allowed. They're Seahawks, too good. You, you can't jump on. They're too good. I'm sorry. They they almost got to a Super Bowl. You cannot do that. They've no. been brutal for years. They've they're allowed. No. I will no. say this nope. about nope nope that one. Strike that one. Otherwise, you're on the right track. Dave, I like the Chiefs for you, and I like not, the Bills for you. It's not up to you. He so picked the, did he pick the Chiefs last year to win the Super Bowl? I did. He it did. Seemed, it seems that's like a there's one. a natural fit there. There is. You know what? Yeah, that that helps. Also, you are not allowed the Seahawks. But all right. Would you stop? <laughs> All right. The San Diego Chargers, if, if the San Diego Chargers do not land me, it's one of those embarrassing things like where you're recruiting somebody mm. like, hey, he's, he's out of you know Miami, but he's playing for Tennessee. Like, how did you lose this guy who was in your backyard? Mm-hmm. So Charger fans, Charger organization, step up your game. They better get with it. No, no assumptions should be made here. All right. Here they are, everybody, from around the league. You, you read them on NFL.com, all the news about uh, pro football out there. And, of course, they are the hosts of the ATL Debate Club, which you can find every week, nfl.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K, on Thursdays and or Fridays. You'll be able to track it down there. And also at the back end of our second podcast every week. All right, Black Tie, hit it. Hands Zeus and Mr. Fancy Pants. The Flames need NFL news and here's their chance. It's ATL around the league. Light a flame, boys. Pick skins hot tonight. Burn, baby, burn. Hey there, around the league, fellas. Let's start with you. How are you, Dan Hanzoos? I'm great. It's great to be back. Sessler back again for a second week. It seems I know. Like we're buried the hatchet, and he no longer resents you on some level. Dan. We're on some kind of role. Sessler, is that true? Uh, you know, Dan coming up with a semi-fictitious report, not new. Semi. 
And I, I have one thing. Ranks. <laughs> ranks Why so live. much heat these days? There really is. Hansers and Sessler, there's a I lot tr- of heat now. I tried to cool it off well, as well when I appeared with them on the debate club, and it, it doesn't appear like they've got Our friendship problems. is <laughs> genuine, so we go through <laughs> peaks and valleys like any two friends. I, I, big valley right now. I feel like what it's, you know, it's like a Hollywood couple, you know, that you guys are now starting to emerge <laughs> as stars. Thanks to the debate club success, and as a result, now it's creating some vanity issues and who's really who's the straw that stirs the drink, and so on. And mm-hmm. I, in a weird way, I don't know. I don't like the conflict, and yet I love the conflict. Also, like a Hollywood couple, in that when they're in bed together, they wear more clothes than would normally be appropriate for bedtime. <laughs> that <laughs> will be fine. What is strange? We, we both agree that the week we each had a chance to co-host with Henry. Mm-hmm. Some of the best stuff oh. around. Well, so that feels like, like a shot at me. And I don't know what I would have done to deserve <laughs> Well, no, it's nothing to do with you. I mean, no, I'm saying we know oh, when the other yeah. was out. Yeah, I thought we you both, were saying We both really liked the chemistry, thought there was a lot of potential <laughs> when the other was replaced. Right, I got you. Something. My theory about Mark and I is that <laughs> our seat. That's an uncomfortable <laughs> and difficult is. position to find yourselves. Our seat hey, is- handsome. You you know you and I got the real thing going. Right? Let's lose the other guy, right? <laughs> I've heard that from both of them separately as well. <laughs> Poor handsome Hank. Uh, my theory is is that our our season is around the league bloggers really is a July through April through the draft situation. So this has been a long time. Mark and I side by side working, doing podcasts. We need a break from each other. Mm-hmm. We're almost through April, and then you know we could just. Depart and then reconnect and be friends again. Yeah, that seems fair. All right, we're gonna ta- do like take like two months off or something, something like that. <laughs> That's what the fantasy guys get to do. You know? <laughs> yeah, Fabiano does yeah, that. So, <laughs> Fabiano, the reason I've said it before, I say it again. The reason he's the best in the business when it comes to the fantasy game is that I think it was literally the day after the Super Bowl he had his first 2013 fantasy related uh, column up on NFL.com. Oh, yeah. That's impressive work out of him. Now, the rest of the fantasy talkers have been absent when it comes to fantasy talk for the most part. Rank, you've continued with it, though. I have, yeah. I on, I've uh, done it. <laughs> I've done it a little bit. Well, and, uh, I've we done do, some. We do segments on NFL AM, too, on Tuesdays and Fridays. You can check those out. Fantasy talk now. Fantasy talk on NFL What are you AM. talking about? We're talking about today. We talked, or excuse me, on Tuesday, we talked about Andy Here's Lockhart. who I would take in the ninth round. <laughs> yes, that's pretty much how it goes. Would you Would you want Andrew Locke or would you want RG three? Would you want Trent Richardson? I don't know. Let me see who they draft and who, yeah, all those sorts of things. All right. Speaking of draft, we've got the mock draft coming up next. Oh, in fact, the real draft too um, next week. And let real quick, we 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 like to not hide our uh, respective allegiances and in fact celebrate them. As a Steeler guy, I feel like the most pressing need for the team is, and if Cordero Patterson falls from Tennessee into my lap there, I think that's the way I'm going to go there. And if Tavon Austin is there, I would do the same thing there. Um, But Jarvis Jones is interesting, and I definitely think they have a long-term need. at safety. Troy Polamalu is really winding down. Ryan Clark is old. Those are the key positions for me in the first round that I would be looking at. Let's go around quickly with our teams. You are the Jets GM there, Hanzoos. You are the voice of the Jets here on this podcast. Who would you take? Who would you like to see fall to them? Who do you think realistically is there for them, and uh, and who will they get? Well, should I work under the thinking that I'll have the Bucks' 13th pick as well? 
or should I just work if on If you'd like so it, you that, that's starting to shape up to yeah. be the case, right? I'll say that I have the ninth and 13th pick. So because I'm, they would give uh, Darrell Rivas, send yes. Darrell Rivas down there and get that 13th Bad pick. Bad idea, by the way. I agree, but it seems inevitable. So let's. Nah, just... that's not a. That's a good idea. They're not. They're not. They, they don't need a shutdown corner. That's not the difference between them. Forget Super Bowl. That's not the difference between them getting to the playoffs and not. They're they're, hate, they're a long I way hate away. That thinking though in the NFL oh, that teams I guess that are right. are deep in rebuilding cannot turn it around in two years. You're right. You're right about it that. happens the, all the, the time. Look at the Colts last year. Because the big well the big the big piece that they miss obviously is a quarterback, and that's that's pretty much essential in. The game now is that you have a, a halfway decent QB. He doesn't have to be a world beater as we've seen over the last couple of years, but he, he can't stink. And right. they have no one on their roster at QB a, who doesn't chance. stink. I've given him a chance. He's had a long time now to be halfway decent. He's been a, an abject bum. So he's gone oh, through so many. Off- he's he's been through so many offensive. Co- and by the way, all right, we're not talking yet. I mean, we're not was, talking about Mark Sanchez. He was sliding. How is he not down? He's starting his active <laughs> sliding when that play went down. Right. For the record, all right, ninth pick, Jets. All right. Well, I think that uh, Rex Ryan would still be in my ear if he's big on Barkevius as uh, someone that could come off the edge. Uh, reminds me of Handsome Heck's new nickname for Mark Sessler, which is Markevius. I think it could stick. Markevious Sessler. It works. <laughs> but anyway, so I would trust Jet. I uh, would trust Rux, Rex's instincts there as a defensive um, uh, coach. And then at 13, I know everybody wants him, but I think I could get Tavon Austin at that spot and instantly fix uh, the Jets' offense, which has been. I don't sad. think he's so going to be there, but let me say this. Basically, to you. be trading Darrell Rivas for Tavon Austin. Not a good idea. Well, I, in terms of right, but it's not apples to apples. It's the the dollar investment that hamstrings the rest of that team. Let me say this to you, Han Zeus. What do you think about uh, what we were just talking with Jeremiah about different coaches are in a different position in their tenure with a team? Rex Ryan, I feel like, has been hung out to dry a little bit like the Jets win now, but we're not going to really do much to help you here. Yeah. He's got to get somebody who scores from day one. He's got to be on the field in week one, right? Yeah, I mean, he's everything's set up. He's set up for the fall here, and their only chance really is to have you know a 500-type season where they show promise. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they're going to clear him out. They might clean him out anyway. So, yeah, I mean, even if he wasn't on the line, they'd be looking for guys that were instant impact. No project players, guys, yeah. no offensive linemen who are kind of like, oh, oh, yeah, that's not very inspiring. All right, Handsome Hank, you in the AFC East are the team that a lot of people are buzzing about, not just because they have a new logo. I don't know how I feel, by the way, about them getting rid of the, the football helmet with the M on it. I've railed against that. That's been one of my favorite things to talk about for years. People who listen to me are happy <laughs> that now, it's gone. But I like gone. it. You should be I happy. Could, You've been telling them forever that it's that it's stupid. I, could, I know, but I now I don't like that they listen yeah. to it. I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> you lost a bit. I know, yeah. I don't like that. Now, Handsome Hank, you have the 12th pick. Given all the, the, the many holes that you've filled, what would you like to see the Dolphins do? Uh, well, they need to. there are a couple of positions they need to address, which are tackle. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't th- I don't feel particularly good about Jonathan Martin playing left tackle. I'd like him to go back to right tackle, although I don't think it's the end of the world if he's left tackle. Cornerbacks, the other one, what was it, three years ago they drafted Vontae Davis and Sean Smith were back-to-back picks. Neither of those guys are there now. Um, so Lane Johnson, I don't think, is going to be there with the 12th pick. I Likely no, right. Likely. By then, so maybe they move up for him. 
if you go to mock draft central on nfl.com you can see that the last i think three or four mock drafts that are, that we have up there they have xavier rhodes as being the the cornerback out of florida state that the guy that the dolphins are going to take at 12 for me though if you're if and it seems like this offseason they're minded to give ryan Tannehill as many tools as they possibly can to make the offense better and again i don't think austin will be there at 12 either i i like tyler eifert the, the mm, tight end of yeah. Notre Dame. I think it's a little bit early for him. Like you don't see him going that high normally. But at the same time, I think you know if they have been, and that seems to be the trend this off season to to get weapons for Tannehill, then that that'd be my preferred pick. Very about, interesting idea. Where's the kid from uh, Stanford? Zach? Is it Zach Eckert? I've seen Zach him projected Burks. to uh, you know at the second, back end. Second round. I've seen him as high as yeah. to the Forty ers at yeah. the back end of uh, of round one. He'd be interesting Eifert, as well. Right? Sessler, number six. Now there's a lot of buzz that Michael Lombardi and company might trade down because I'm with you, though. You, were, I mean, maybe you were a little excessive in your praise of what D. Uh, Milliner could contribute to the Browns. You, you would suggest that they are Milliner away from a Super Bowl trip or something like that, <laughs> no, based on the that's based on aggressive. your assessment that you wrote on their needs. No, but their defense. I mean, if you think about it, Joe Hayden and Milliner all of a sudden in a pass happy league, that would look awfully nice. Well, I mean, I like the idea of that potentially sets your pass pass rush up to succeed because you can shut sure. down targets coming at you i'd love to see him trade down i think dolphins actually are one team that they they might uh join with in a trade i'd love to see them get out of that top 10 and get a play i think the it, the draft seems to hit its stride middle of the first round where you get guys where there really should be what if they could get picked? xavier rhodes who is also projected as a first round corner if they traded down they could still get that you're playing gm right now trade with hank do it right now let's Uh-oh. do it let's do a trade here's what? my here's my draft card okay Giving you mine, I think this is we've got a. I like to move down to your spot, okay, and get my second round pick back because that's what we trade to New England for well, Ryan. And now you send those. it for Ryan. No, you don't have a second round pick we because do. of Josh Gordon. Right. But now because it, no, you lost it right. when you gave it up for Josh Gordon. But you regain a second round pick, which now you can flip and and, and turn into Ryan Mallet. Presto, which means that Henry and Dan have to take me out. Remember our Super Bowl bet. To yes. an exorbitant meal. That's and and that will be drinks. the last time the three of you ever do anything together. <laughs> and that's when Handsome Hank will announce who he is drafting to be his co-host on the uh, debate club. That's going the game. forward. That's great. All right. And Rank has no team uh, as of now. He could go through a half dozen teams. but uh, Is there but one team that stands out to you? Go with the Cardinals. That's the team that you kind of are affiliated with now. So, And they're the highest pick, so they're the most interesting. Okay, well, you see that Lane Johnson has typically been falling to them, and we talked about this with DJ earlier. I do, I, I do think that if I have the second, if if it only costs a second round pick for Brandon Albert, you pick him, you pick Lane Johnson, then you have two set. tackles, right? Set, you're set. And you know what? You got Carson Palmer, who's decent enough. The defense, as long as they play up to the standard they were at last year, now you have a competitive team and arguably the best division in the NFL. I say go with that. Go through the line. I would use all the picks on the line. You you got to hit on a couple of them. I, just, Protecting any QB is important, but definitely a guy like Carson Palmer. That has to be sort of the what you're addressing. If you are if if you rendered a decision, we're going with Carson Palmer for let's say the next couple of years. It's paramount to fix that O line in front of him, or absolutely. else he's or else he's really duped. All right, black tie. It's time we haven't done a blacklist in at least two weeks. Let's do it right now. The 
All right, guys, what's up? How's it going? Fine, except Handsome Hank's on his feet. Where are you going? Yeah, I'm, I, I don't like the blackness. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's personal. Wait, can I can you I You can leave? come as well. Can I leave to? too? <laughs> Who's staying? This is Blacklist's baby. No. <laughs> I'll do my Jerry Maguire. Who's coming with me? Okay, I'll no with one. You. I can't help but feel like this has something to do with Han, Zeus, and Cessler and sitting I between you. It's tension, too hot. The tension between them There's is too much heat there. crazy. <laughs> All right, but thank right, you thank scram. you for having me. Wait, let so, me. It's my pleasure. You're welcome on this podcast anytime. Thank you. You're always an addition. Let me see if I've plugged everything I need to plug, and if I can just bounce out of here. <laughs> You're in, Rank. Right. Don't get up now. Black Tie. Let's get into it after that rude interruption there. Go ahead, Black Tie. Oh, Hank. All right, guys. First up, as you guys saw last weekend, Kobe Bryant of the Los Angeles Lakers went down with oh, that the Achilles. One, yes. Yeah, that one. <laughs> went down with the Achilles injury. It was a ruptured tendon or whatever the case may be. Um Obviously, now the Lakers are still trying to find, find, find a playoff spot. A lot of the blame is going to D'Antoni. Some blame is going to Kobe. What do you guys think happens with Kobe Bryant's career from this point on? Well, first of all, the majority of the blame should go to D'Antoni. He gets brought in as this offensive wizard under the uh, – uh, under the. I, I imagine this is alleged on my part, but I feel like it makes sense that Kobe Bryant and Steve Nash were probably – Right at the top of the list of reasons why they hired him. Steve Nash was successful with D'Antoni. They probably vouched for him. Kobe had a great time with him at the Olympics. He's a genius, so on and so forth. Addressing what those two guys wanted rather than addressing the real foundation. And I have not wavered on this all season long. Dwight Howard is the linchpin to long-term Lakers success. Kobe Bryant, of course, is the face of the franchise and has been for the last dozen years or so. But to me, that was a a tactical error to not get somebody in there who could work with Dwight Howard and build a team around him rather than around your two long-in-the-tooth guards. Um, I, to me, the the, the thing is with their their ability to amnesty Kobe, the so-called amnesty, they could cut him and save themselves $80 million in luxury tax. I can't imagine why Kobe Bryant wouldn't say, that's all right, team. You can cut me. I understand why you want to do it. It's financial. I have a lot of money. I don't expect you to retain me on the roster and hamstring the, the, the team. Because I because I want that money out of it's listen I understand practically eighty million dollars would be nice but he has a lot of loot and wow, he should certainly understand and not bellyache but the PR nightmare that he could cause by having the Lakers wave him and not agreeing to come back would be would be out of would be outrageous if, if he did that get sounds, cut though wait, he still on, gets paid. He gets paid thirty gets million paid. dollars. It's just not. He just doesn't it. get an additional eighty million dollars in that, that luxury tax. That sounds like Kobe Bryant. That sounds like something he would completely be on board with. What? He's not going to do that. Plus, if he if they cut him, they cannot sign him for an entire year. It's, I, that's what I was curious about he because cannot, the way it works, without getting too much into it, because honestly, I don't understand it that much exactly. But as I gather, if they cut him to save themselves that money. All the teams do silent bids, which sounds very funny, and I wish they would. Co- I would. Oh. I wish that was on TV, like over the shoulder shots of what numbers people are writing down on the cards and sliding it across the table to the commissioner. But um, whoever bids highest gets his right. So that is the case. So he couldn't. Yes. He couldn't say, "All right, you cut me, and then I'm going to come right back." Nope, he'd have to be out. for Are a you year. positive about that? Really? Yes, yes, he would right. have yes. to be out for a year. But well, if I think you got to let him no, go anyway. He would, he would have to. He could. He could come back and play for any team. He just couldn't play for the Lakers. He's not going to. Be, I don't care how hard Kobe Bryant works, and we've seen Adrian Peterson, and we've seen this this guy, and I know medicine is different than it was 15 or 20 years ago. But the notion that Kobe Bryant is going to be back and as effective as he ha- was this season 
is seems unreason, unre, uh, unrealistic for a guy that old. It's a different sport, too. Well, I mean, let's say he does. Let's say he he was able to come back or whatever. Let's say a team, for instance, the Clippers. Let's say the Clippers wanted to completely turn the screws on the Lakers. Like, we'll, we'll pay whatever for Kobe. We'll bring him in. Do you see the Clippers right now embracing him and him being like, yeah, I'll just come in and play a role. That's not the way Kobe operates. Kobe, you could see, he took the point guard position from, from Kevin Nash. He, won't be, able from to, he Nash. won't be able to do that on the Clippers, though, because he won't be the best player on the exactly. team. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So he's got to look the, – the situation – he's not going to be able to walk into a situation and just kind of dictate what he's going to do. It just feels like he's going to end up with the Lakers. The Lakers realize it would be – Only a, but out of PR, because well, in basketball terms, they should they should bid him good day of is course, what they should do. Of course, but then you turn around and you go, you know what, it, it, it would just look like, you know what – the Lakers, you've stuck. You've been, Kobe's put so much effort into the Lakers over his almost all of his life, and now that when he needs them the most, they'd be turning his back. They're back on it. Just they've been there for him more than once. It's not they're not turning their back on him. And by the way, the idea that Kobe Bryant's the best player on that team is no longer true. Now that Dwight Howard we'll is rounding into physical shape, we'll is see. superior you know, to as Kobe they go into Bryant. The playoffs. As I've always said since the start of the season, he's the key piece. Quickly, there's an easy out for both sides on this. If they amnesty him and he takes a full year to recover, he's going to be out of the league for one whole year. He can then resign after next season. I if know, he but he's going to be re- he's a year and if they more both decrepit agree, at that point. If they both agree, they could save the PR nightmare. It's like, hey, we all, you know, I'm old, I'm injured. I think he should Boom. go to Cleveland and play with Kyrie Irving. And then when LeBron gets there, super team. All right. <laughs> Hanzu, Sessler, any thoughts on uh, uh, on this news? I would say, yeah, I would say it's kind of inevitable that, that it happened. I mean, if you add in all his playoff uh, games, he's like a 39-year-old player. and Yeah, he's he's an old – because as long as he's played and as much as he keeps himself in shape, he's always on the floor and he's a physical too. Right. He's not he's not somebody who is avoiding contact, like and, we said before the they, season. He's older than Steve Nash. They're making such a big deal about him playing 48 minutes a game. He was also in the Olympics. Like, that should not be overlooked. That's probably something he shouldn't have done. It's outrageous. Yeah. It and really I, was outrageous. And I, as a Knicks fan, I'm no fan of D'Antoni, but – to put it on him in any level, like Kobe runs that team, and if Kobe wants to play 45 minutes a game, that was going to happen, and this is all kind of inevitable, if you ask me. Well, he never played a lick of defense this season. I would say not a huge basketball fan, but I am a fan of the cunning, emotionless team building, and I agree with you, Shaq, that, like, it's listen, it's been a great run. It's time to part ways. Personally, I cannot wait for this Lakers season to end. Oh, it's all you hear about I now. I cannot like. wait for it to go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Hey, what a Super Bowl. 49ers and uh, Ravens, or as it's known in Los Angeles. Boy, the Lakers are struggling still <laughs> to find their rhythm with one another. Sorry I, that it bothers you. I don't well, well, It's <laughs> it's, it's all our, they talk about. I understand it's the sport in town. It just so happens. As I've said before, I even if you're a diehard Lakers fan, you'd be hard-pressed to convince me that this is a likable group of guys. They're just not the likable group as far as It I'm is saying. now. <laughs> a little bit more so. <laughs> All right, Black Tie, next. Next up, guys, Mad Men season... Oh. What season is this? Six? Five? Six, I believe. Six, yeah, is episode three. Six? Yeah, I believe so. Episode three ran this past Sunday, and uh, as we're going to start doing this now. We're gonna I get... thought it was episode two. It was an hour-long well, episode to start this. Two no, hours. Two hours, episode one and two were together. Oh, I didn't Yeah, realize. exactly. That's what oh, it I was, didn't... yeah. All right, I didn't know that. Black Tie all over that. I'm, all... <laughs> I'm all over my Mad Men. All right, so we're going to start doing this each week now. So you guys can jump in, give a recap, a little thoughts. If if there are going to be spoilers, let people know that, hey, this is spoilerific, and go on. 
Well, I, I'll say this about it. It was it was uh, an event-filled episode that you don't usually see with Mad Men's run. Things happen. It, it, usually the first few episodes each season are sort of the slow burn that gets you into uh, in, into the middle of the episode, and that's when things start to break out. It's all, it usually feels like things are being set up for the remainder of the season. Not in this case. There's a lot of soap opera-type stuff going, and as we were talking just before the show, I feel like... The that Draper's wife, the soap opera star, is trying. There's a scene where she's trying to convince Draper's mistress, unaware that, of course, that that's his mistress, a, a, to watch her show. She's on a soap opera now, and she's explaining the ridiculous storylines of her character and everything. And I think that the episode was intended to also be a soap opera. It was over the top a little bit, but I think it was inten- It was structured that way. Um, to sort of show that the real life is is also a soap opera. How say you, Sessler? Well, I, I think that's a that's an interesting analysis. I mean, it's funny to look at these first three episodes. I also view it as two at this point, just because the first one seemed like a complete entity to itself almost. But it is a soap opera in the sense that there's very little what we had for long stretches in past seasons was just antics at the office. You know, a deal needing to be closed. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff that's centered on their careers. This is really much more of the personal so far with especially Draper. I think they're zeroing in on the issues. They have the flashback to his childhood. I won't say what it was, but it, it, they're trying to explain who this guy is piece by piece. And uh, Oh, I don't think that's a spoiler alert that he grew up in a, in a brothel and his mother was one of the, was one of the ladies. That's not a spoiler that was alert. We knew well, that. perhaps oh. not, but it's... Yes, Rank? I'm kidding. Oh. Yeah, well, that's news <laughs> to Rank. I just, I don't know. I, I I'm think this season has been fascinating so far because they're they're heading somewhere pretty dark, I think. Yeah. Well, and I also, but I also like uh, Peggy, though, with the, the, there is some good office-related stuff because Peggy, who left the firm and is now with the competitor, is getting inside information, and this is going to set up for a good uh, corporate advertising firm war here. Hanzoos, how say you on the episode? Well, I liked it, and you know the one thing that <clears throat> it's really interesting to watch. We talked about it a little bit last week about how it's when a, a series' star is also somewhat of an antagonist, with Draper just being a serial philanderer. And I think it's kind of sad to watch him now start to go down this road again, where he can't ever get his life straight. It seems like he's aware of it. His, this implosion of, it. of his life, and he is a, <clears throat> a spectator in his life. And yeah, I mean, it's like sort of emotionless, even in the way he explains. Well, they're good company. Yeah, we're going out. He and his wife went out with his mistress and her husband. And the mistress said, doesn't this make you crazy? Isn't this going to be a terrible event for the four of us to sit down? He said, I haven't really thought about it. They're both good company. He it, it, it which is a great line that he right. is is that unaware of how awful that is. Is that damaged in yeah. terms of uh, interpersonal relationships? But yeah, he's like doomed Draper now. And then you also see on the other side Pete Campbell. Pete who, Campbell is be- that's exactly he's, right. He's trying to <clears throat> seg into the part of his life where he was Don Draper at his high point, where he's making uh, big deals and and running the office, and then having the women on the side. But he's so bad at it because he's, there's only one Don Draper, and Pete Campbell's just a wreck. As we saw spoiler <laughs> alert you know it was pretty obvious that th- that girl was unhinged and he still went through with the situation and then it came back to get him on the plus side she was foxy he 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 got <laughs> yes. himself a manhattan apartment did Pete campbell he lives out in the suburbs but he got <clears throat> himself a manhattan apartment so he could make time justifying it to his wife as saying i need to be closer to the office and right. then he immediately brings 
a neighbor from the suburb, a woman from the suburb, invites her to the apartment and then is stunned when this comes back to bite him. And then a great scene for Trudy Campbell, who in our conversation of the best looking mad men, women, Trudy Campbell was overlooked, but she is right at the top. I go with the, the one that Pete Campbell, the neighbor. She was foxy. She was <laughs> not at right. the end. She wasn't. No, not, until, not, not when she uh, took the beating she took for uh, for being with Pete Campbell. All right. Now, that does it. We should give time stamps because if people don't care about Mad Men, but a lot, but millions yes. of people watch it. Oh, if, Rank. If we could. You like to talk about wrestling. When I'm, I don't know what you're talking about with that <laughs> hokum. Okay, what well, do fine. I know about it? All right, fine. Let's talk about what you happened. Have no, 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 you have no, no one in here no, to talk no, with no. it about. So That's what, fine. I'll just no. I'll, do, I'll do a monologue. And let me talk it. about Ryback's promo on no. Monday night and why I thought it was. A, no, I'm just teasing. You can actually find me on the, uh, if you go to the iTunes, the Steel Chair Slamcast. I talk about wrestling. I then. saw, what's her name? Uh, Brett Favre's lady. Would you stop? What's her name? Don't refer to her like that. Jen, Jen Sturger. Sturger. Jen Sturger. I saw her tweet your name out, and I thought, Jen Sturger, how do I know that name? And I, and I figured it out. But she does a wrestling podcast. She and does. I saw you were on it a week or two ago before she's WrestleMania. Had, she's had me on it a couple of times. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. See, now that's a place to get your, uh, your studio wrestling There you go. If you, wanna, if you ever want to hear me talk wrestling, that's where you go. All right. There you go. Slamcast. Yep. Steel Chair Slamcast. Steel Chair Slamcast. <laughs> Adam Rankin, Jen that's Sturger. Um, <laughs> Together again for the first time. <laughs> um, all right, Black Tie, round it out here. Last one from Twitter, Dennis Audie, at Dennis Audie 19. Oh, I like him. 825. He goes, hey, here's, here's an idea for the blacklist. What's the best last name in all of sports? Best surname in sports. Yes, surname. Uh, did this come from when we talked last week about Johnny Unitas? Yes, obviously. How cool a name, Unitas. Unitas yep. is about as good as it gets there. In terms of those iconic names that that, that that just sound great, Mickey Mantle, that's not a last name, but Mickey Mantle is a great one, or is a good one. I sort of feel like it's informed by the by greatness the of the player, and that, that you know I'm doing this after the fact, but uh, you know those are the, the icon. Well, the best surname, the best surname, and this will sound biased because we're in Studio 66 after all, but the greatest player in the history of hockey is Lemieux, and in French, Lemieux translates into the best. You can't beat that. I mean, that's so on the nose. It's almost it, it almost doesn't work because it's so because it's so excellent. It's like a fake name, like a fake like wrestling name. Mario Lemieux, Mario the best. Gretzky may be the great one, but <laughs> Lemieux's the best. That's what they say. How about D Liner? That the guy, the Alabama kid, the Alabama signed to play defensive line. With the Alabama Crimson Tide, <laughs> and his name is D Liner, D E E Liner. That's the guy's name. That's pretty good. I the, like that one. One that's similar, but it's actually not a good connotation, is the relief pitcher. I think he's still in the Tampa Bay Rays. Grant Balfour. <laughs> <laughs> Love that guy. Chuck Long is a pretty good one. Chuck a QB Chuck chucks the ball long. That's mm-hmm. a pretty good one. Um, the most ironic one. Is well aside from Claude Lemieux because he is not the best, and in fact, I've advocated <laughs> in the past that he should have been required, and anyone else named Lemieux should Claude Lemieux should just have, be forced to have worn Claude L on his back. <laughs> he sullies the greatness of the name. But the I, another hockey one, the, the most ironic one, is Larry Playfair, the old NHLer who led the league in penalty minutes That's one good. year. Playfair led the league in penalty minutes. That's excellent. Any uh, any other ones, fellas? Michael Hanzoos. That's a great one. 
Hand Zeus, yeah, that's well, but, uh, that's terrific. But like you said, a lot of times it's it's derivative from the guy and the way that he played. Like right. Chuck Bednarik sounds awesome, but it's because you think of the guy who played. Yeah, and 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 similarly, if you look back at them now, like Ham, Jack Ham. I was just going to say that John like, Ham is a sex symbol. But if he were just if you didn't see him, you're like, hey, have you ever uh, seen any of the work of uh, John Ham? You'd be like, oh, he's a character actor, plays a plus size, <laughs> plays plays the plus size best chum. He gets wild at all the parties, gets drunk and everything. No, 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 he's a handsome leading man. Oh, I wouldn't have expected that. Like Jack Ham, is he? He was too serious to have that last name. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, Jack Ham, Jack Ham. I, I think I've told this before, but one time, uh, my sister Amy and I were at a Penguins game in Pittsburgh, and Jack Ham was there. Of course, he's a local legend. He's one of the mighty Steelers of the seventies. We uh, we went up to him to get his autograph. We we grabbed a piece of paper and a pen from my old man. We said we're going to go see if he'll uh, sign something for us. We went over to him, Mister Ham. Can we have it? Sure thing. Here you go. Try just trying, trying. Uh, and then he turned oh. us and said, sorry, your pen doesn't work. Oh, tucked, oh no. We tucked tail and got out of there. Rough. Humiliation. That's rugged. Yeah, that wasn't very good. Um, wasn't there a basketball player named God Shamgod? Oh, yeah. I was just about to bring that one up. That's an epic name. How, who Sham gets God. named God, and then your last name is Sham God? I like why. Well, I, I, that's <laughs> I, I like the double down by the parents. You're Sham God, but not good enough. Yeah, I don't want anything to get lost here. Let's make sure <laughs> that people know that we're serious about this. He's God, Sham God. Remember the uh, Miroslav Satan? Wasn't that the yeah. guy? Yeah, yeah. Your last name's Satan. Yeah, Miroslav Shatan was oh, the so. pronunciation, but Satan yeah, was there. Yeah. Satan. Yeah. I, I would also argue that Satan is better than Shatan, but um, um, so all right. Any other thoughts here? Oh, uh, last last oh, thought. Black too. guy's got something. No, this is a little bit different. Initials, best sports initials ever. Like I would go with MJ. You brought up before the show. You brought up LT. Is there any other initial? Like you I don't with? like LT. Oh, I resent at least Ladanian for taking someone else's yeah. nickname. That's right. shameful. It needs to be Taylor. Yeah, I'm sorry. You can't do that sort of thing. Is that what we have? DD. DD is, right. DD is pretty good. I mean, I distinguish myself in a number of sports. Um, over oh, the years. I was thinking Dee Lewis. Oh well, you, that's one way you could have gone. Yeah, Dee. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, and black tie. Before we uh, before we wrap it up here, hey, which which of the uh, debate clubbers is going to be in NYC next week? Well, uh, we discussed this. They've made a, the correct choice, and they're sending Dan. Hans Zeus is going to be there. Hands be on. There. That's going to be terrific. Rank will be there. Handsome will nice. be there. Do you feel a little excluded? You know, uh, I think I'll be fine. Oh, look at that. He's looking forward to your absence, Hansus. He likes the well, idea of you not well, being around. Well, so, are we going to get together for a show then next week? Yeah, Black Tie. Are you going to the draft? I would not be. I would be here. How actually. are we going to spin next week? That's a good question. We uh, we probably might not spin next week. But no, we're I don't spinning. Like, I, don't no, like, no, no, no. I don't like that you, said, that you start with. With we're probably not going to do it. Why, no, why don't we say it. like let's producer. figure it out? We're, we're working it out. Problems. We're working out the schedule. We'll, uh, All right, I'll get back to you. What if we that. just put Cecil on the mic by himself for like eighty minutes? That should with generate massive ball. ratings. That's an interesting <laughs> idea. All right, a, a little something that we will have to do on the next one, and I don't know if, if Hansus and Cecil, you'll be in here for it, but I uh, we I ask that you do this on the debate club at least. Black tie, you have to do it. Rank, you've already worked up some ideas on this, as you may have heard. They're not going to be doing the Sunday Night Football song anymore. What's mm-hmm. it, What's her name? Uh, Faith, Faith Hill. Faith Hill. 
Faith Hill. I never liked that song. Never got it. <laughs> never didn't understand when Pink was doing it. And it, it's it's the hallmark of a bad song that Pink and Faith Hill could execute it equally as uh, you know well, as as forgettably as they as they both did. Well, if you're going to do that, why not have Joan Jett just do it? It's her song. Well, oh, it is. That's my. Oh, problem. yeah, right, yeah. right, right. It's no, a it's her, and it was a the cheesy, same thing with right. Hank Williams Jr. Where they took one song and made it. Why can't they just write an original song? God forbid. Why does it have to be like a Weird Al parody? Yeah, I don't like if you that. like if you ever and I, I don't mean to bring bring in wrestling, but because they don't like to pay the licensing fees for real songs, that they have a composer who makes up original tunes for the. You can't get a guy to make an original tune, or one of my ideas. Hire Dick Banks. That's the Jeez. that's the angle. Perfect. Why don't they do that? Well, I have a good idea. Done. This isn't. I I feel like this is an. I, this tune sort of came to me out of nowhere. Maybe Dick Banks can help me out with this one. But it's like I'm just playing with it right now. But it's but it's um, it's just another football Sunday. Oh. It's my fun day, oh, right? Just another football <laughs> Sunday. It's very catchy. I think America would swoon for that. How do you feel? I love Susanna Hoffs. So. All right, if you... I don't know who you're talking about, but but anyway, that, that's my original tune. So Black Tie, Rank has, has some ideas already. Come prepared for the second podcast, ready to execute your song. Every and maybe we'll see if Dick Banks can cook up a Sunday night football theme song that we could submit to the league office. Hey, we're going to be if- there next week. Hey, Kamish, good to see you again. Hey, yeah, Dave, uh, Shaq, man, you're, that <laughs> podcast, man, rank with that wrestling stuff. And, boy, the heat between Sessler and Hansers. What's going on with those two? Am I right? But anyway, and so then it'll be like, hey, I got to run. I'll be like, hey, Kamish, real quick. Hey, I got a CD I'd like you to check out to consider for the new Sunday Night Football theme song. Share it with the NBC execs. You guys put your head together. Let us know how you feel. <laughs> and I hand it off to him. He'll put it into his coat jacket. And then we'll hear back, I assume, by the end of the week. <laughs> so, that seems flawless. That's exactly how it works. I love that he's an avid listener. Right? He's a huge it's fan. Cool. Yeah. It's cool that he is. I mean, I just, he's a, you know why it's cool? It's because he's busy. And right. that he still takes the time to, well, he's to the, know what how we feel about you know, what's going on. Well, you know that the, the backstory about that is that the tra- that he likes to be on the elliptoglide for forty five right. minutes every day. Hence, he reached out to somebody close to the podcast and said, "You know what? I need a tight forty five, so I know <laughs> when to get off the elliptoglide." Is that why it happened, go. Black Tie? Why didn't you tell Pull us that? Pull back the curtain, Adam Rank. That's 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 exactly how it is. Actually, we used to work out together <laughs> last year in, during Super Bowl Indy. Same same hotel, same gym. So that's when we had the discussion, and since then. So I, it's pretty clear he's getting right off that machine as debate club kicks in. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly when he's bailing. He doesn't like that, conflict. He wants to hear a, a gang of people that are getting along. He doesn't want to hear the, the nasty acrimony between the two of you. Um, all right. Thanks to uh, Daniel Jeremiah at Move the Sticks. To Handsome Hank, uh, NFL UK Hank on Twitter, Dan Hanzus on Twitter, and Mr. Fancy Pants at Mark Sessler with a C, Mark, NFL. Mark Sessler, NFL, and then, of course, Adam Rank on Twitter. I'm Damashek on Twitter. What do you have to say, Black Tie? Hashtag DDFP. And then we will... uh, Go ahead. Well, I need to send us your pick for who the Steelers should take there, because I would like to do it... 
uh, democratically, the most voted name is the one I will announce in the mock draft next week on NFL Network. On And when did we decide that was? I think it's mid- midnight on Tuesday and then played back again on Wednesday. So be on the lookout for that one. All right. We'll be back with more Hooey and Applesauce later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.